Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shane needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Good stuff and some of the same, more of the same. Keys, let's get stuck into some footy. West Coast Eagles, 8-12-60, were defeated by the Tigers, 14-14-98. There were a few moments in the last where one goal this way or that way or an extra metre here or there or maybe a whistle here or there and it could have looked closer. It might have even been up for grabs, maybe a bit closer, but look, Richmond did the work early in this one and the scoreboard, I think, maybe still flatters them somehow, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the most winnable game we've seen. And yet, like the Saints game a few weeks before, a few signs, I think, to take, take a bit of heart in for an Eagles fan. Yeah, probably that end. The end result, as I said to you just before we started, I thought the last, those couple of late goals Richmond got sort of took it away from uh, a little bit, not quite a reflection of how how the game had gone. I think Richmond probably, like you said, did the work early. And I mean, there was times during the game where it looked, um, it looked quite concerning. I think mm. Richmond got... Um, they got a good start, but you know, sort of dominated territory in the first quarter. But you know, inaccuracy cost them like, two goals six in the in the first. And I think the inside fifty count was something like eighteen to six or something like that. But we sort of we sort of hung in there, and I mean, part of that was we had to sort of deal with a bit of carnage early with um, uh, McGovern headbutting Douglas' oh, yeah. foot, and then Jimby went off with his hamstring, and then Rewalt tunneled Barras in the marking contest and, um, you know, tried to knock him. So at one stage there, it looked like we were down three players inside about 15 minutes and including our two tall defenders. And I was like, you know, this... Um, so it looked a little bit... So we did, given that, we did probably quite well to hold on through that first quarter um, and then sort of got our things, got things even terms in the second quarter. Um, Richmond, I think we ran about goal or two down for most of that second quarter and then... Richmond got a couple late. They got one from a really soft free kick to Soldo um, in a ruck contest in the boundary. And then they got another one, from, I think, from a centre clearance after that. So what was it? It was five goals to two or something. So it was about four goals at mm. the half time. Um, and then they burst out of the blocks in that third quarter. And that, that got, I think they kicked the first four. In yeah, about got six out or to seven minutes, sixty-four to seventeen at its peak, which was yeah on the, on the back yeah, of those first four so goals. It looked, so I was looking at that point. It looked, um, yeah, it was really concerning. You know, we'd only kicked two goals, and um, they were holding. They had complete sway of the game, but I think led by led by Kelly through the midfield, we got the game back more on our terms and. Um, from that point on, I thought we actually fought the game out really well. And I don't think um, you could perhaps say that Richmond put the cue on the rack, but I don't think that's the case in this instance. Mm. I actually thought we actually um, 
we sort of dug in and rested control back of the game. And, um, and I think in the in the finish, I think the inside 50 counts ended up about even, or we might have even won it. Whether it was 51-50 or 50-51, something like that. It was, so it was yeah, 51-50. We had, we, had, we had our chances. We just... Um, but our forward entry sort of struggled a little bit. Um, certainly in the first half, Bolter had control of Allen. Um, uh, he sort of fought, fought his way back in the second half to kick three goals and keep his streak alive. Um, but we did sort of butcher a few kicks going forward and odd little fumbles there and things like that that sort of stymied uh, good-looking forays. But... Uh, um, and then yeah, in the finish, I mean, Frischman got a couple got a couple late that sort of blew it out, and I think yeah, had it been about four goals, I think you probably would have I would have walked away quite happy. Um, I mean, yeah, thirty eight is probably a little bit higher than what I think we deserved. Um, conversely, I suppose if you spoke to Richmond supporters, they perhaps turn around and go, oh, they they might have been able to win by more, which is put the queue in the rack, and yeah. Yeah, there's there's maybe some fairness to that, but I think you know from a from a, certainly from our point of view, I think that four four goals would have been a fair fair reflection of the the game and the quality of ball. Um, so and there yeah, there were some good good signs again for us, um, but but also a couple of injuries coming out of it, which is unfortunate, including the um, probably the, the brightest shining light of the season, you know, Jimby getting a hamstring, which has sort of been come out tonight that that might be a season-ending one for him, so uh, which is a shame. Yeah, exciting times. And uh, look, as I said, maybe more of the same in some regards because that's certainly uh, been a theme this year is early injuries and, and devastating injuries. Comment coming through from Twitch that's saying that uh, they accidentally had this on mute for the first couple of minutes. Have you missed anything? What do you think, mate? What do you reckon? No insight here. This is an insight-free zone. We're talking about another Eagles loss. <laughs> what are we up to? 15 in a row? Something like this. Haven't, yeah. haven't, haven't missed much, no. Hey, uh, you talked, Keys, there about Kelly maybe helping us wrestle control and having a quick look at the coaches' votes. We had an Eagles player get coaches' votes again this week. So, boy, we're really on a roll. Uh, really weird split this week, by the way, for the coaches' votes. But TK has come away with four there, which is fantastic to see. An Eagle finally featuring those again. Uh, where am I with his stats? 27 and 12 inside 50s. He's going to win our player of the season. I know we've talked about Bailey Williams. I know Oscar Allen's a superstar. TK's holding up his end of the deal. You can talk about the trade all you want. And to be honest, we've spent enough time on it. But great to see him up and going and you know fantastic there gaff is another one where he started as the sub and we all thought finally he's either gonna get dropped or start as the sub and maybe have a look at his role very early call up given the injuries and i think probably one of his better games in a while so you wonder is it was it just that's coincidence we're reading too much into it or did it sort of rattle him into a little bit of form i don't know but you know what if he's gonna play you might as well play all right i I actually thought he was all right as well yeah i thought he did okay he seemed a bit there's a contest on the on the wing. I forget which quarter it was. Where he was chasing after a loose ball with Camden McIntosh, and hmm. um, you know, I mean, Camden McIntosh is no elite sprinter, but you could sort of see like a definite like intent from Gaff, and there's sort of a bit of a body check between the two of them, and Gaff ran onto the loose ball and things like that. So there was there seemed to be a little bit more of a, a spark to his game than than what we've seen in. In recent weeks, that was good to see. Um, yeah, I probably used him a bit in the centre bounce a little bit more than than I would have liked to have seen. Um, but yeah, they threw a, threw a roll at him, and he put it this way: if he, if we're going to keep him on the list and he's going to play like that, you probably you probably accept it. I mean, that's that's sort of what you want from him. It's not he wasn't our best player, but he wasn't our worst, no. and he sort of sort of contributed, seen a little bit more. Um, 
bit more energised, a little bit more proactive, wanting to get, didn't always get the ball on quicker, but seemed to be like keen to try and do that. So, um, so that was there. I thought Hoff played well again, which is good to see. He's backed up his good form from the Brisbane game. Um, yeah, we continue to see bits from Stewart. And, um, Chester was probably a little bit quieter than he had been. Um, got a got a pretty savage knock late from Bolter in a yeah. you know, marking contest. Uh, um, the other one, uh, Witherden showed... Um, he didn't get a lot of possessions, but I actually thought his kicking, he actually had a, a handful of kicks that really opened Richmond up during the game, which was um, sort of, you know, that was that was his sort of, his one word coming over to the club was his kicking. He hasn't always shown it, but I thought in that game it actually showed out a little bit. Some of the kicks he, he did coming out of the fence were quite good. Um, Petrescu Seaton had his first game back, sort of did some good things, but, you know, a little bit rusty at times. He had a couple of costly fumbles and, had a couple of shots of goal that, you know, we spoke about, you know, hit the mm. post with one late and I think he missed one other one. But um, his intent was pretty good. Uh, Noah Long kicked a really nice crumbing goal to sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. Um, yeah, that was a nice little show from him. Uh, uh, Bailey Williams, we've sung his praises in the past. He probably got touched up a bit in the ruck. Um, I think the, the Soldo had a pretty clear win in the hit-outs, unfortunately. Uh, but Bailey still had some good follow-up work. Um, Six clearances. clearances. Yeah, yeah, tied with TK, so... so. Um, yeah, but apart from that, it's probably not a huge amount to, to take out of it. I, I think probably for me, the biggest takeaway was that when, when it looked like it was going to run away from us, we actually found a way to um, to get back in the game. And yeah, we haven't haven't seen it very often this year, but when a side's, side's got a run-on on us, mm. um, yeah, that, that four-goal run-on in other games this year, that's turned into eight or nine sort of goals in a quarter. Um and I think Richmond might have kicked one late in the third, but I, and after kicking four early, I think they only kicked five for the quarter. So, um, so that was that was pretty good to see that the guys actually fought their way back into the game. Um, yeah, which is probably a bit of leadership uh, from the guys. So that was that was my probably my main takeaway from the end of it, and um, how shit the umpires were. <laughs> well, hey, we're about two or three. Two or three good whistles away from being in the finals this year. Don't worry about that. Two comments here that I want to explore. First one, probably comment of the season for me. This comes from Brent, and I'm sorry to call you out, Brent. Nice to see in the comments here, but he says, G'day, fellas. Steve McClure is an idiot, and I can only assume that he's talking about Sam McClure. So that's that's a 10 out of 10 comment in my book. Uh, we will get to Sam McClure and a little bit of Heroes and Villains chat later on. Uh, another one from Miguel Sanchez. And Keys, you can do this one. Thoughts on Darling's game? Mig says that he thought it was one of his best for the season. You look at the stat sheet and you go, okay, 16 touches is quite nice. Seven marks. Came away with one goal three, but certainly working up the ground and, and seeing a little bit more of the footy than in, in recent weeks. So what did you make of Jack Darling? Yeah, it probably was one of his better ones. Um, and I'm glad Mig said that because it was a remiss of me not to probably... Uh, the highlight of the game was Jack kicking his 500th career goal. So, Absolutely. Um, completely forgot about that. So uh, that was nice. He had he had a chance in the first quarter and hit the post uh, and then sort of nailed his... But, yeah, he seemed to be moving a little bit better and um, got around the ground a little bit more. It was you know, probably handy because, like, as I said, Oscar Allen was reasonably well held by Bolter. So, you know, we needed a bit more of a, of a um, presence from Darling and we, we got it. So... Um, yeah, his yeah, you know, his sort of back to 
a normal going game. And if he had got three one instead of one three, he's probably in the he's perhaps in the votes. So um, yeah, no, he's, it was good to see him, and it was yeah five hundred goals is that's a pretty good achievement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's you know. So I mean third. I mean he's third in the. In the the club behind Sumich, I think he's got oh, fourteen or fifteen to go now to to catch Sumo to go into go into second, which he probably will do. Um, might might not might not be anytime soon, but um, I think he'll eventually get there. So he has moved great into, career uh, from a guy that's often maligned. Yeah, sixty fourth in goals in AFL VFL history, and he's seventh of active players. He's twelve behind Luke Bruce, so maybe, maybe could catch him, but hard to say, you know, with any real certainty, I suppose. But look, he's he's looking very likely if he can get another forty nine goals before he finishes up, he moves into the top fifty. So that's all time. I mean, as an eagle, he's a legend. The photo of him celebrating at the Hungry Jacks, by the way, that's just not to tip off here all the week, but there was a photo of him at a Hungry Jacks, big five hundred balloon behind him. He looked like he was having his birthday. <laughs> Awesome, awesome content. It's a fickle sport, though, because you look at Oscar Allen, four touches, three goals, one, and then there's Darling at the other end, one goal, three. So funny position to play, I suppose, but forwards are sook, so I'm not going to go too far into bat for him. Uh, Any other takeaway from the Richmond game? Comment coming here from Twitch, by the way, which, again, we might circle back to in Heroes and Villains, but saying he, as in Darling, doesn't beat Suma if he gets traded at the end of the year. So a little bit of trade chat and a few rumours and a few few journos that might have the the, uh, sights put upon him, but Keys, any other takeaway from the Tigers game before we move off? No, I think that's um, uh, yeah, probably about probably about it. Without <laughs> another one down, missed anyone? No, nah, another one yeah. down, and we'll uh, we'll move through. Yeah, All one, right, one less, one less to go. AFLW fixtures, uh, we'll quickly have a look through these ones here, Keys, because we bemoaned last week that they were not out, and there was. 50-odd days left until the season started. We finally have a fixture length. We finally have the actual uh, layout of, of the fixtures. 10-game season, which I know is lower than the clubs were hoping for. Certainly publicly, that's what they were pushing for a lot more than that. But uh, a lot of the word is that they've put it at 10 games, so they've got room to lift it and build it and have longer seasons in the future. All right, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. We've got what we've got. And running through the fixture here, we start in Freo at Freo Oval. Uh, it is the one and only derby for the year. Then we've got the Suns across in Gold Coast. We've got Carlton at home, Sydney in Sydney. we got Port at home, away to GWS, uh, Melbourne at home, Essendon away, and then the Doggies and the Crows both at home to finish. Six games in WA, which is very, very handy. If, you know, six of your 10 and got the away derby, so to speak. A couple of teams early on that aren't much chop, and we do have a few of the difficult teams towards the end and uh, all at home, though. So you look at it and you go, you know what? If the Eagles get better, which I suspect they will, there's no reason to suggest that the opposition wouldn't get a little bit better as well, but certainly a, a start there and, and a fixture there that you look at and think you know what they might make a bit of hay uh, in the early part of that season and then then we'll go from there I suppose so best of luck to them and, and certainly a good looking fixture from uh, an Eagles point of view and hopefully things yeah, line up for them this year. hope they can have a, um, an improved season so uh, I'm not I'm not a full, fully across the women's team or anything like that but you know probably finals is out I don't think they're sort of much of a chance to make finals but well you, you never, never know, know. with such a short fixture you know you win yeah. more of your games at yeah. home than not you only need to snag one on the road and you're in a very good position yeah if you win three or four early on the trot and then mm. you know you're in the in the mix i guess so yeah all power to them yeah we'll wait and see but uh certainly i don't think any complaints from a fixturing department there yeah. 
we'll get into heroes and villains keys. And uh, I know we typically just run through the list on this one, but I think once we get to the villain area, we might have a little bit of a broader chat, maybe about some trade targets and just the general state of the, uh, the Eagles list and the list management chat and where we're at and what we're going to have to put up with for the way. Let's start with some heroes and I'll lead off Jack Darling in the HJs. We know Simo bought some HJs as well this year, which uh, this week, which I find very funny, but Jack Darling sitting there, 500 goals. He's a legend. Photo, hilarious. Good luck to him. That's that's my my uh, main nomination for the week, I reckon. But any other heroes from yourself, Keys? Uh, I'll nominate Will Schofield okay. um, for his uh, post on Twitter. It caused a um, quite a stir. His his um, response to the the Harley Reid, whatever you want to call what whatever that what Sam what Steve McClure set off. Um, <laughs> so I'll I'll circle back to him, but he was it was probably my. My nomination for Hero of the Week, but yeah, I think Darling with 500 goals gets the nod for that. And uh, yeah, Blake here, Heroes are pretty thin on the ground at the moment. So um, maybe the um, uh, maybe the Matildas because they won tonight, which is nice to for them to get that off, uh, get a win under the belt. So, um, but yeah, no, as usual, I'm pretty light on for Heroes. <laughs> All right, that's a shame. Well, let's lead off with villains. Yeah, lead off with villains. I'll whip through some comments first because uh, similar theme, I think. We're going to see a few things pop up. And I'm sure you've not missed this story if you're watching this or listening to this. But, of course, there was a very confident Harley Reid has told the Eagles he doesn't want a bar of him. He doesn't want to come. So the implication there is, look, trade the pick, do what you got to do. But Harley Reid is not going to stay if you draft him. That's the implication. There's a name been attached to that. And then uh, maybe he didn't hold up under quite so much scrutiny once it got on live television uh, last night, the backpedaling, but Bombard here saying that the entire AFL footy media industry, good stuff. That's uh, certainly a shout. Uh, a couple of Kane Corns nominations, as we often see. But yeah, look, a bit of chat. And Kane's been thumping the table on this as well, Keys, saying good on him. He should never have gone there in the first place. And great to see him lay down the law. So, I mean, what we've been known as draft tampering, I guess, for the last however many years is now apparently just headline news and you can talk about it whenever you want. So fire away. Do you have a villain of the week, Keys? I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll do a soft start and you alluded to it before. Um, Glenn Quartermain at the West, who's a senior rider at the West and might even be their, their most senior rider. Um, he was the one that wrote the Simo's Border HJ's story, as if Good story, as if that's somehow news, and it's, and then tried to tie it to well, okay, he's obviously here for the long haul, and uh, it's like, oh. well, does it really a um a guy investing in a business to um ensure that he's got a an income post football is that really a news story? I mean. In amongst all that, it sounded like it was kind of new, but if you actually read the story, I mean, one of the stores he bought back in 2020, so three years ago. So I missed that part. I missed that part. I mean, the other, the other one, the other one he's bought is is in uh, was just in May, so a couple of months ago, so sort of relatively recent, I suppose. But yeah, you know, he's owned the HJs in I think it was one in Carlisle for for three years, so it's not as if it's a yeah. You know, a sudden thing, uh, like, you know. I mean, and the article was then like a, 
you know, a thinly veiled launch pad to have a crack at Simpson's coaching record over the last couple of years. And so, well, just, you See, know, I thought, I thought if you want to play the club, there's plenty of staff. I mean, who, who really gives a fuck what he does? Um, I thought so, the implication was not case so much that he was here for the long haul, but rather like doing a little bit of a Chris Judd with the external sponsors. And uh, wasn't there a yeah, Peter, was, Peter yeah. Bell allegation about getting around the cap by buying him an HJs or something? I thought, I thought that was yeah. a little bit of like, we'll set you up, maybe, maybe just go away and yeah. don't make us pay your salary. You'll have an HJs out of it. That was the implication that I assumed based on the general uh, yeah, no, it was, discussion. Yeah, yeah so there was there was that part of it. So, but you know, it's like, well, yeah, it's all a bit, all a bit Bring shit, it on. really. Um, Bring it on. I like and it's typical of what the West Australian has sunk to um, these days, just a total crap newspaper. Um, but I guess we get on to the main event, uh, you know, Forehead Sam. Um, he's, yeah, basically, I actually listened to, it was on a podcast, a tradies podcast, which he, he talks all things AFL with Mitch Cleary. Um, and he, he, got, he went on for a few minutes about the Harley Reid sort of thing. And, you know, he spent a fair bit of time trying to say, oh, I, I'm, you know, just to be explicit, you know, he hasn't actually specifically told Eagles he won't go and yada, yada, yada. Um, but the clear inference at the start was that basically he's intimated to the Eagles that he's not doesn't want to leave WA, uh, leave, <laughs> leave Victoria. He wants to stay yeah. there and that's... You know, it would be better if you know, the Eagles didn't draft him. And, and that was coming from uh, Harley Reid's family members and things like that. Now, that was on, that came out Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, and the other bit of interest, on that podcast at the very end, he said, like, Nick Gieschen from Paul Connor's sports bench is, is the manager for Harley Reid. And he actually said that he specifically didn't speak to Harley Reid's manager because he didn't want to have the story debunked because okay. he knew that the manager would say, no, that's not the case. So you actually want to run with a story and you know that it's on shaky ground so you don't ring the one person that may be able to confirm it um, because you know that he's not going to. Then he's sort of popped up, you know, he's sort of started to blow up. He's appeared on Footy Classified and backtracked faster than a... Uh, then, like, yep. I don't know, whatever. Good job. Nicely done. Yeah, he's just tried to walk it back and say, oh, that's not what I said. I didn't mean to say it like that. And it's like bullshit. You knew, you tried to say, you know, he's been taken out of context. And it's like, fuck, you knew exactly what you were doing because that's the type of journalist you are. You're just a clickbait seeking fuckstick. Can um, I go into bat very, very briefly? There were two ways to read the comments on Footy Classified, and I will say that the backtracking was pretty quick. But the way that I read the comments was almost because he did halfway through say something about, oh, and I've been back in touch with Harley Reid's people today and blah, blah, blah. I thought there is a chance that maybe there's more to the story than nothing. Maybe it is a little bit more real than not, but maybe they got in touch and said, why did you put that out? You know, we sort of didn't want that out there. Let's just kill it for now. I'm wondering, because the, there's, there's two outcomes to the backtracking is either it's wrong and it's completely wrong or he kind of got a little bit of a clip over the year from whoever has told him this information being like mate we told you that but just settle it down we didn't really want that out kind of thing i don't know i just when i saw that i thought oh shit i don't know that we're out of the woods here on this look i mean first, first things first let's be clear i mean if harley reed or any other victorian kid said my preference would be to stay in victoria that's perfectly normal and i don't have an issue with that hmm, yeah it was the same as if if a WA kid said, I mean, Elijah Hewitt and Ruben Jimby both said when they were drafted, they said, I, you know, I'm lucky to stay in WA. I hope that would be the case. I mean, they were perfectly prepared to move if, if need be. No, so you can, a Victorian yeah. kid saying, oh, we prefer to stay in Victoria isn't an issue. Mm. But when when the when the implication is 
that it's I'm not prepared to go anywhere else, and that's the implication that McClure made. Um, that's bullshit. My and, and um, his managers come out. The stories were coming out during the course of today that yeah, you know, he's pretty upset by it. Is because it's not the case. He's happy. He's got no issues with West Coast. Um, you know whether that's true or not. Who knows? But they um, McClure has put him out and he's hung him out to dry. And I think Simpson in his press yeah. conference today was really really good. He said, "Just leave the kid alone. He's 17 years old." Just he said, "Yeah, of course he would want to stay in Victoria." He said, "But when I got drafted, he didn't want to go." Simpson said, "When 1993, he said I didn't want to get drafted by Brisbane." He said, "I would have gone, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to get drafted by them." Um, and and the other thing is that you know you know. If you're a high draft pick, you're going to go to a, to a bottom club. That's the reality of the draft, Kane Corns, you fuckwit. Um, of course you're going to go to a club that's struggling. So, um, But the reality is, is we're not going to be struggling forever. So just because we're down at the moment doesn't mean that we're going to be that the same in three or four years' time. Um, that's why you get the first or second pick in the draft when you finish down the bottom of the ladder. So you do get better. Mm. Um, my, my, my own take on it is I think that... Um, uh, McClure's been fed by one or more of the Melbourne clubs who are trying to, or is perhaps hoping to, to uh, trade up to pick one and are maybe forcing the issue to create some doubt so that when it comes to the time at the end of the year, they might be able to um, push West Coast and say, you, you don't want to draft this kid because he's, he's, um, he's a flight risk, so you're better off trading us pick one. And, and it's all part of the bullshit that, that footy clubs sort of go on with to try and uh, negotiate stuff through the media or, or whatever. Um, and they've got the McClure's the gimp that's put the story out there. So um, I think that's where... Because you've, you've got to understand with who's, who's been speaking to McClure and who benefits from it. There's no benefit. West Coast aren't speaking to him. Um, I doubt Harley Reid or any of his people really want it pushed out there so publicly that he doesn't want to leave Victoria. So... It's like, well, yeah, maybe it's a Melbourne club that are angling to try and get him across, and they're the ones pushing it. Uh, so I just think it, the whole thing's sort of blown out of whack, and it started because a guy ran his mouth that probably shouldn't have. Um, and it sort of stirred up a bit of a hornet's nest over here. So, you know, like I said, Will Scott. Oh, and then it all, right. and it goes and goes and goes. That's the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah, Will Scofield's jumped on, and, and Xavier Ellis has said, oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with WA. Come over here, it's really good, you know. Will Scofield's had a given North a fair old drive-by on his thing saying, well, who wants to go North Melbourne? There's shit anyway, because that's where you're going to go if you don't come to West Coast. Um, and then and, and I mean, the other thing to all this too is that there's still six rounds to go. Mm. Um, we may not end up with the number one pick anyway. No, and we play North as well. So even if there was one round to yeah, go and so that was the matchup, I mean, the, there's a the chance, North, you know. The, the North game's pivotal, obviously, because it's the, uh, it's the reverse eight-point game. There you go. Um, it's the Harley Reid Cup. Yeah, North, North, North win that, and then we, you know, we, we aren't going. We have to win one more game than what North do. So, I mean, even if we beat North, our percentage is so shit. We're not going to catch North on percentage. So, um, if North go through the rest of the season winless, we have to beat. Obviously, we, that means that we beat North, and then we've got to win another game along the way, which is probably fairly optimistic. But mm. Fremantle are struggling. News tonight is that Darcy's. Sean Darcy's perhaps out for the season. So when we play Fremantle next, we won't have to combat Sean Darcy, who's been pivotal in the two games, mm. last two games we played against them. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's optimistic or pessimistic, depending on the, the way you look at it. Uh, we may or may not end up with the first draft pick in any case. So, um, 
yeah, I just think it's been the, the way I feel for it's Harley Reid because it's it puts a focus on him that I'm sure he would have wanted to avoid. Well, let's sum it up here. We've got a comment from Bombard that sums it up certainly in my book and as I will always cop to, I'm not a draft guy, but if people say he's good and he's this good and he's generational and all that, well, I'll let Bombard take it away. And he said, it's all total noise. Draft him anyway. I, I think the, I think the reality is if um, we do have pick one, uh, the overwhelming likelihood is that we will draft him. Uh, the only thing... Uh, that might change if we do finish last is there is a possibility that a club may come to us with a with a godfather offer that's too good to to refuse um, and we split the pick but it's going to have to be a really really uh, attractive offer given the the nature of the draft uh, this year is um, there's there's probably three players in the open draft market that I think you would consider um, drafting, which is Harley Reid, Daniel Curtin, who's from WA, and Colby McCurch from Tasmania. Um, so I mean, try to pick one that doesn't get you a pick that gets one that's not got two or three attached to it as part of the package, um, I think gets knocked on the head. So, um, yeah, the... If you if you're a betting man at the moment, you would be saying that uh, Harley Reid would be a favourite to be in West Coast Colours next year. So good luck to him, and I kind of hope we do just to um, to stick it up the likes of Kane Corns and everything like that for him to come over here and um, have a really good you know twelve fifteen year career at West Coast. Yeah, nicely done, and that, that is your villain of the week. All right, round 19, West Coast Eagles, Carlton. We are over in Melbourne once again. And uh, yeah, boy, did we play Carlton earlier in the year and did it go well? It did not, Keith. So the in for the week is Petch, out, of course, Jinby and McGovern. Sort of a, obviously a disappointing one with Gov to lose him, but the, the delayed concussion symptoms is always a scary one. So I know Gov's had his injury troubles before. Concussion's a whole different beast. So let's let's hope all the best uh, for Gov there. Nice to see Petch back after a, a few interesting sort of weeks and some nice form, a bit more midfield use and a little bit of forward craft. So why not? Petch, yeah, go on then. Why not? Hey, so we're playing Carlton and they absolutely thumped us last time, Keys. Are we just on for more of the same? Or what do we actually, what have we learned in the last, what, 10 weeks since we last played them? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Carlton's, Carlton's form either side of that match against us earlier in the year was mm. really crap. Um, I think they lost after the beat us by, well, there was 18 goals or whatever. Um, I think they lost the next four or so matches and were really disappointing. So, um, and they've, Three, they've now four, turned around. Five, they've six. Had, they lost six in a row. They're on a, on a four-game winning streak or something like that. Um, yep. A couple of those early wins, I think one was against Hawthorne and someone else not uh, quite so good. But then they, Gold Coast Hawks, Dockers, and they did beat a very heavily changed Port Adelaide side last week. Yeah, so they had, you know, they beat the Dockers over here on Port at home. So that's, you know, a couple of bit better scalps. I suppose. Um, so we're hitting them in 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 pretty good nick. Um, albeit that they've they've got some losses of their own. Harry Mackay's out, which is which is handy. Given I mean Mackay only kicked two goals against us, but um, they pretty much used Mackay as a decoy to drag Barras away from the from the goal square, and then that that allowed Kerno to go to work on the likes of Rotham and. Can't remember who else we had as key defenders in that game. I don't think there was it was like Witherden and Hearn or something like that. But Colonel had a Colonel had a party whilst McGuy McGuy tied up Barras and any time they um tried to switch Barras on to Colonel, Colonel just ran up the ground and they left McGuy in the goal square instead. So mm. um 
So with Gov out, it's a bit of a shame, but then they don't, I think Sylvani's are only other sort of relatively tall forward. The others are, are smaller types, so um, that's not too bad. And they're also missing Cripps and Chera. So uh, so that's a, you know, that's a bit of talent for them to be missing, which is, you know, handy for us. I don't think it's going to change it from from a from a loss to a win, but uh, hopefully it helps limit the damage a little bit, not having to um, to deal with, with such a strong midfield. Um, so, yeah, it's... I mean, probably on paper, we've still got a... You know, we've got Shuey and Kelly and Sheed through the middle. Um, yep. You know, the back line's still Brass, Hearn, Witherden, Duggan, Cole. Um, Cole had a... Whether just... Flicking back, Cole actually had a pretty solid game against Richmond too, just quietly for yep. his first full game back, and one that I think the intention was was that he'd be the uh, the tactical sub, but that didn't that didn't really work out the way they planned. Um, so it's just it's more. I mean, I listened to Simo. It's going to be a start with the, the games on the road last month or so. We've started really badly. Yeah. Um, I think I think our combined losses over the last three matches are something approaching 400 points with the Adelaide then Sydney then Brisbane um you know we've been towed up on the right and we and we've been all those games have been well and truly over by quarter time so uh so it'd be good to get a good start against Carlton at least you know be in the game at still be in the game at quarter time hopefully um and I think that's all you ask for and just you know work on the contested ball and uh and put the effort in that we we yeah, the, the Richmond St Kilda games. That's what you want to replicate that on the road. Um, give the guys a little bit of confidence um, without getting without getting really torched. Uh, so, um, yeah, a, a win would be really, really nice just to put a torpedo in Carlton's finals hopes. But I think uh, that's a bit of a pipe dream. So, uh, just going through a bit of a, a weird stat for Carlton because we know they've been very up and down. Four wins in a row they've had now currently, riding that streak coming in. Uh, four wins in a row, 50-plus points. And only two sides ever have had five in a row of 50-plus uh, of points. So Geelong in 19, uh, 1989 and then in 2008 as well, the Cats also did it. Made the grand final both times. Equally, Carlton have also had these big six-game-in-a-row ga- uh, six loss streaks as well. So what a Carlton? We don't know. I suppose we haven't known for about a decade, to be honest. Uh, but they thumped us. <laughs> And I'm shell-shocked by it because I am, you know, that that game, sitting through that and just one after another after another. They had us tactically, they had us physically and, you know, I know slightly different lineups this time around, but a little bit, uh, you know, they're, they're a club that when they're up and about, I think a lot of these clubs, Essendon are the same, some of these big, big clubs, when they're up and about, when they're flying, they can absolutely hit you for six and uh, that'll be the only cricket chat today. Uh, a little accidental little uh, metaphor for you there. Yeah, I think from memory that that loss against Carlton was our first real, uh, first Really bad loss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think the, the Hawthorne loss came after the Carlton one from memory. Um, so it was the one that sort of came came out of nowhere a little bit in terms of the the not that we lost, but the size of the margin was one that was a bit of a surprise and um, you know set us, set us on a real downward spiral. So um, yeah, so we're kind of old. At least to yeah, you know, at least to put up a fight. I mean, I'm hoping that we get you know another look at you know another look at young guys. Um, I hope we see a little bit, a little bit more experimentation this time round. I think one of the things from the Richmond game is I think the centre bounce combinations were pretty much Kelly Sheed and Shuey, mm. um, and then sort of Hewitt and Gaff 
sort of broad 50-50 split, and that's about it. We didn't try anyone else in there. Um, so hopefully we give Hewitt a bit more of a run in there, you know, give Petch a bit of a run through there, um, maybe Duggan at times just to, to mix things up. Um, you know, maybe, maybe leave Gaff on the outside a little bit more rather than the inside because I don't think he's Simpson's said in his press conference today that Gaff's not really an inside mid. So if he's not that, don't play him. Is that there. right? Is it? Yeah, right. Boy, yeah. When, we, when did we figure that one out? Power and stuff like that. So yeah, well. Um, so how he uses Gaff will be interesting, given that um, you know he was on the verge of being dropped. So um, hopefully we can get some better structures in defence this time around, so we don't get you know scored against so heavily. Um, and then so yeah, maybe. Like I say, maybe Jack Williams get on the hold of a couple up forward and actually clunk a couple of marks. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's shown some promising signs, but maybe for him to have a bit more of an influence um, up forward as a as a third tall. So there's, it's just probably, we're probably just ticking the games off now to get to the end of the year and yep. see, what the, see what the off-season brings us. But, yeah, it'd be nice nice to be at least competitive and, and sort of see some of these sort of little green shoots that pop up maybe come up a little bit further than what they they have, particularly, as I said before, on a road game. Right, so let's get into some tips. And I will say that Carlton are going to beat us by, oh, God, at least 10 goals. They're they're up and about. And I know form line's always a funny one with them because they can throw in these weird results. Just for what it's worth, I think this is the funniest game that we can win from here on out. This one by far would just be, this would be great. Uh, Followed by Essendon, followed probably by the Derby, I think. But this this one would be just fucking hilarious. So please win, West Coast. I don't know that you will, but love to see it. Uh, Yeah, Carlton by 10 goals, let's say that. Who am I most looking forward to watching? I will say. Uh, Hunt named on a wing. That's exciting. Gaff named on the half forward flank. Very interesting. Yeah, let's let's say Gaff. You know what? Coming up to contract time and decision time, I know he's got another year, but let's be honest, he is a candidate for being paid out. Some talk about trading him, but I just don't think the market's there, even if we pay it. So stuff it. If he's going to be around, he might as well play pretty well. Good luck to him. Let's say I'm most keen on watching Andrew Gaff. So Keys, give us your tip. Who's going to win? By how much? Which eagle are you most looking forward to? And in line with some of the comments that are starting to roll through, you're more excited to see Barbie or Oppenheimer? Okay. Um, <laughs> you didn't I, see that one coming, did you? I, I'd like to uh, I think we can keep it below 50. I'd be, Good. I'd be uh, pretty happy with that result if we can keep it down that far. Not entirely sure we, we will. I don't know. I think we were $10 outsiders. I don't know what the line was. Um, I mean, we managed to beat the line against Brisbane with an 81-point loss, which is kind of interesting. Never in doubt. Um, so I'll say 45. Um, I want to see how former Carlton player Prescreski Seaton plays. Yeah, um, nice one. He's a guy that sort of, I mean, he's on the fringe. I think if you do the poll on the board about whether we should sign him for another year or cut him, I reckon it'll probably be about 50-50 split. Um, I'm kind of a, I'm a bit of a fan of him. I think I, I like the way he goes about it, but... He needs to, you know, if he can come bob up with a couple of goals and some, some good pressure work in the forward line. So see how he goes and maybe go on the way to ending himself a new contract. Um, and I would say Oppenheimer yep. uh, okay. over over Barbie, albeit that um, the trailer for the Barbie movie doesn't look quite as bad as I thought it, not quite the train wreck that I thought it would have been. Um, uh, possibly, because of, possibly because of Margot Robbie and not much else, but... Um, 
yeah, anyway. There you go. Uh, one last question enough. Question in the comments. Here we go. Concede a goal within the first 30 seconds. I'll broaden this out and say first 30 seconds of any quarter, yes or no? Well, we're on a, um, a four-game streak of the opposition scoring in the first minute. Um, we've been safe. Richmond kicked a point, and I think against Brisbane, it bounced off. The ball actually brushed. Oh, there was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had the goal review. So... Um, so, yeah, not conceding a goal in the first 30 seconds would be a nice change-up. Um, but I'm going to say, yes, Carlton will score in the first minute. When was the last time that we kicked the first goal of the game? Let me... This is going to be just dreadful radio. Here we go. I found one. How good's that? Ah, oh, we kicked the first goal of the game against Richmond, so don't worry about it. Happy days. It was this week. How good is that? <laughs> I thought it would yeah. be so long ago. <laughs> Uh, it was Richmond, and not only that, we also scored the first goal against them last time around as well. So they're our bunnies. How good is that? Right, there you go. I reckon that will wrap it up. We've got one more Barbie or Oppenheimer question in the thing. Uh, yep, great. It's a very niche reference in the comments. I'll put that one up for any of the losers who know what that means to enjoy. I won't bother reading it out. Track it down if you're listening to the audio version and you want to see one of the most niche jokes you'll ever see on this podcast. Uh, but beyond that, I will. I reckon we leave it there, Keith. So thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah. I guess we'll have another chat next week. You can fingers crossed it's been a little better than the last time we had a chat about cars. Yeah, so hopefully it's not... Uh, hopefully we can break our string of really bad uh, away results. Fingers crossed. And as I said, this is by far the funniest win left on our schedule. So just get, oh, it. Yeah. Just get the win. Um, It'll be so funny. Oh, the media next week would just be so delicious. Fox footy appointment viewing if we get a win this week. Oh, yeah, Car- Carlton with an unexpected loss is quite the, um, oh. quite the, quite the sight. So, so good. Yeah, that would be that would be very very good. But uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. But you know what? If if we're here next week talking about a win, it'll be one for the ages. So we'll leave it there for now. Thank you to everybody who's uh, tuned in and commented and enjoy Barbie, enjoy Oppenheimer, and enjoy the footy as well. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. All right. Cheers, guys.